This is CarPro USA, where you always get straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive from Jerry Reynolds, the car pro. Jerry was in the car business for decades and won USA Today's Dealer of the Year Award twice. His sidekick, Kevin McCarthy, is a Radio Hall of Famer, and he won the largest Swizzle Stick Collection Award twice. In his younger days, of course. Welcome to CarPro USA. Welcome. We appreciate you joining us. This is CarPro USA coming to you on this first weekend of the month of March. The automobile spring selling season has started. Incentives are good. If you're in Texas, it's truck month for Ram as well as Ford. And that brings some huge incentives on trucks and SUVs. Inventory seems to be freeing up some. It's been a concern this entire year. We had the February national sales results for you. And this week's free weekly newsletter industry was down. Oh, we don't know the full numbers because not everybody reports sales monthly. But of those that did, sales looked to be down 9 to 10% uh, versus February of 2020. Now, COVID's part of that. Weather across the country in this February versus a year ago was much rougher. Texas, the entire state was pretty much shut down for a week. Uh, Februarys are short anyway, and this year we had two less selling days than we did a year ago, February. So all that rolled into one. It wasn't a great month for the auto industry. But here's here's the only good thing that happened out of that. With sales being down, and vehicles being shipped, it gave the dealers an opportunity to build up some inventory, which has been really short in supply. And it's, it's still short in supply on certain vehicles. But overall, across the board, you look at uh, you look at inventory days supply, and right now, uh, they're in pretty good shape. Um, I, I don't know. Because of COVID, a lot of lessons were learned. This 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 would be a shocker to a lot of people, but the the actual number for 2020 dealership profits were up 48 percent over 2019, and you go, wait a minute, you lost almost the whole year with COVID. There were dealerships that couldn't even open their doors; they could only have 10 people inside at one time. How could dealership profits go up 48% in what should have been a horrible year? I believe I know your answer. Who are you? My name's Kevin McCarthy. I'm oh. your trusty sidekick. Been oh, here 19 right. years. Yeah, okay. A little right. less hair. But, I know you know, you're I familiar. Think, yeah, I thought you did. The dealers, after what, 10 years of record sales, year after year after year, had gotten a little fat and happy, a little fast and loose with expenses. A little, mm-hmm. sure, why not? Let's try that. Let's spend some money on that. And they were forced to tighten their belts. That is correct. Where'd you hear, where'd you hear that? I think I read it in something you wrote. Yes, as a matter of fact, you did. <laughs> that's that's what happened. And I think there's, looking forward, there, there's some changes to the auto industry. One Dealers had to get real good about doing entire deals online and delivering cars to people's homes and offices. I think that'll stay. Um, Probably not to the degree it did during COVID, during the height of COVID. But 
I think those people who experience that are going to want to do it again. Well, if you're running a car dealership and you say, hey, I'll bring it to your house. We can sign the papers at your kitchen table. I'll bring you some chocolate chip cookies. And the other guy says, you're going to have to drive all the way across town in afternoon rush hour traffic. Uh, Who am I going with? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Dealers have gotten really good at mobile service where they put two mechanics, technicians in a, in a big truck and a big trailer and they go to your house and do fix your recalls and change your oil and do tune-ups. And I mean, obviously they can't do heavy mechanical work, but they can certainly do routine things and, and fix recalls. And they, they've gotten good about mapping it out to where they know, okay, we're going to need these parts. We might need these parts. So we better take them with us. And that's going to be a huge thing. But I think the big thing is dealers found out they didn't need to stock as many cars as they had been. That's one of the most expensive costs of owning a dealership is what we call floor plan, which is interim financing for cars sitting on the lot. And they found out they can sell just as many cars without as without as many cars in inventory if they work smarter. And because there was more um, demand than supply, didn't the average transaction price go up a little bit? Well, of bit? course it did. Of course it did. And, and and But now, that may not have been anything to do with the dealers. That may have just been the factories not giving as much in incentives because they were shut down. Oh. So that's going to raise your transaction price. Okay, lesson 101, automobile business in these changing times, but now it's time to go to the phone, and we talk to Clyde in Austin, who's been very patient. Clyde, thank you. Thank you. How are y'all doing this morning? Doing good, brother. What can I help you with? Okay. I'm trying to buy a 2021 Suburban uh, High Country, yeah. and there's none of them. You can't find them. Four-wheel drive, and I, I'm just wondering, is, is this going to get better? Are you saying you can't find Suburbans or you can't find the high country? I, I cannot find the four-wheel drive high country. They'll have one, like a Covert Hutto is your dealer. He'll have one, and I'll look at it, and then it'll be gone the next day. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they don't have enough. That's right. And COVID has been part of that. Uh, General Motors has been the hardest hit with this micro uh, microchip yep. shortage. It, it, it's been tough. And while – while we were changing hours here on the show, I reached out to uh, Classic Chevrolet in uh, Grapevine in Dallas-Fort Worth mm-hmm. because they're the biggest Chevy dealer in the state, and they're one of mine also, and said, hey, are Suburban starting to come in? And they said, yeah, we've got seven or eight just recently. And I said, okay, right. good. Now, I, I didn't know to ask them about a high country, but uh, yeah. they are starting to roll in. Uh, okay, good. And, and so I think it will change. And I'll tell you, if you talk to Covert, Dan, Dan Covert, great guy, uh, maybe okay. maybe you place an order for one. And because okay, that- typically a retail order, a, a, what we call a sold order, will take precedent mm-hmm. over other dealers' inventories. So, because okay. they're coded different. When they put that order in, it'll okay. be coded sold. So, being good car makers like General Motors is, they see that and they go, oh, well, let's put this to the front of the line. I'd pursue that um, and see see what happens. I haven't seen the high country in a Suburban. I've had it 
in the new Tahoe. I've had it in the Traverse. Oh, that interior is just drop-dead gorgeous. I can only imagine how pretty it would be in a Suburban like that. Talk to Dan. You tell him I sent you, Clyde, and he'll take good care of you. And I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I thank you for calling me today. The next time International Talk Like a Pirate Day rolls around, tell your friends you got advice from the Car Pro. Call 1-800-926-7777. Thanks for joining us on CarPro USA. Yes, I do. I just have this thing after a couple of embarrassing, hey, Jerry, what are you going to be driving next week questions over the years? Jerry said, I don't know. Don't ask me unless I tell you I know. <laughs> and I was just asking him, do you know what you got next week? And, he, and then you heard him say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. The 2021 Lexus LC500 Hybrid. Oh, it's a hybrid now? Yeah, it is. As if people buying a $110,000 car are worried about gas, gas mileage. Gas is going up. I'm telling yeah. you. Gas is going up. Time to buy a hybrid or electric car right now because if gas keeps going up hybrid and electric prices are going to be going up also how many pre-i could i buy for the price of one lc 500 three new ones yeah oh no buy five (laughs) easily maybe have a little change yeah okay there you go let's go to talk to richard in hollywood california hello richard hey jerry thanks for taking the call Uh, a pleasure thank you sir Thank you. Um, I have been looking at uh, uh, buying a diesel truck, an older diesel truck, to be towing a, uh, a, a recreational trailer. And so I'm looking at ones with the 7.3 power stroke and or the 6.0 power stroke. I, I've read a lot about all the problems that could be going on with the 6-liter uh, power stroke. And so just wondering what you could tell me about bulletproofing them and uh, what your take on it is. Well, I was in the Ford business when the six liter came out and it was the worst diesel engine I have ever experienced. Uh, It came out mid-year 2003 and they finally dumped it in 2007. Uh, It it was horrible. And And I hear stories about people bulletproofing them and they don't have problems after that. I mean, I don't know. I I've never had any real experience, just heard the stories, but I can tell you, from with certainty that the 7.3 until the 67 came out in 2011 the 73 was the best diesel engine i've ever known of and it, it was it, you just couldn't wear one out and so they go from ford goes from that engine to the best one to the worst one in no time flat, and, and I mean, they're telling us how great it is. It's going to be more fuel efficient, blah, blah, blah. That's stuff they always tell the dealers to get them all jazzed up about a new product or a new engine. And it turned out to be a disaster. I, I lost literally thousands of customers over a 6.0. So I am unusually soured on them. I wouldn't touch one. Got it. Okay, that's a good touch. And that would 
I know the 7.3, I just met someone with a half a million miles on it, and he was still his, it was still his daily driver. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, you, you should see yeah. what you should see what a clean, let's just say a 2000 to 2002 7.3 uh, crew cab 4x4 will bring at the auction uh, today. Today. Yeah. 12. I've seen the prices. I'm, as you, yeah. 15 grand. You know, it, it, the sky's the limit. Uh, but do this because if you if if you if you want a little more in depth information at my website carprousa.com, there's a menu button at the top right. You can click that right, and that'll take you to all of our pages. But my FAQ page, hit the FAQ page and go to the bottom. That's where my true stories from a former car dealer all archived right there. Read the one titled Lemons. Okay. And you will right. get, well, you will get, it, and I'll just, long story short, and I'll tell you just a little bit of it, and I won't give it away, but there was a magazine in Dallas that was, it's the big magazine, it's called D Magazine, it's been around forever, um, and there was a picture of a guy who had a F-250 and he had gone to the trouble of getting these huge magnetic lemons and put them all over the truck, right? Now, I didn't sell him the truck, but I reached out to him and said, you know, sometimes, and it was in the early days of the six liter, sometimes, you know, it's a dealership problem, sometimes it's a factory problem. But if you'll bring your truck to me, I'll look it over, maybe we can get the lemons off your truck. And wait, oh, great. wait till you hear how this one ends. And after you read that story, if you've got any more questions about six liter engines, <laughs> you just let me know, okay? No good deed goes unpunished. Yes, that's exactly right. Richard, I appreciate the call very much. You take care of yourself and always let me know if I can help you. Thank you so much. Again, the website's carprousa.com. Whether to buy new or used, when to trade in your old car, Jerry Reynolds can help. Call the Car Pro, 1-800-926-7777. Julie in West L.A., you're up next. How can I help you? Oh, Jerry, you know, you helped me a couple of years ago buy my car. I was so happy with the car that I did and, and so grateful for the help that you gave me. Oh, but how now, sweet. Thank you. Well, well, thank you because it was it just was perfect what, what you the advice that you gave me. So thank you again over and over every day to get into the car. I kissed <laughs> the steering wheel. <laughs> anyway, you. I have a daughter who seems to have um, falls into the category of getting older cars that she can afford. And, uh, you know, she had a Lexus and it was a, an older one. And uh, so she got it at a reasonable price. And I think I even called you and you said it was a good car, but, and you thought the price was amazing. But now the transmission has failed and it'll cost you 2000 to put a new one in. So she went after looking at something in her area. She lives up in Santa Paula. And she came out with an Alexis RX 330 2004 with 
140,000 miles, and I'm just wondering if she's going to be going up the same road with that car that she did <clears throat> with the previous car. And um, so my what I want for is something with that's safe, maybe has a warranty, or have a dealer that you can recommend that can go over the car and tell her what the true story is of it. And and with the um, added thing that I'm willing to pay something to help her to put in a good, safe car with safety features and perhaps a warranty. Yeah. And uh, I just I get where you're coming from. Looking for trouble, you know. You tip- know, it's just. Typically, the RX goes a long, long way, and I would I would say it's a good choice. Now, so much of that, Julie, is the people who owned the car before her, how well did they maintain it? And that's why possibly getting a dealer to do a pre-inspection report on it might, might be useful. Uh, but I will tell you, overall, the odds are good that that vehicle will be okay if the maintenance has been done and she continues to do it, I'd say there's, I mean, that car, that, that thing should go another 60,000, 70,000 miles without any big problems. I wish I could, t- I wish I had a crystal ball. Get your bets now, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not looking at a CarPro recommended dealer, you're just rolling the dice. Call the CarPro for a sure thing at 1-800-926-7777. This hour of CarPro USA is sponsored by Progressive Insurance drivers who save with Progressive, save over $750 on average. Check them all out at Progressive.com. Tell Flo the CarPro sent you. So who should I tell that they are next on the CarPro show? Well, I would say that uh, taking calls in the order that they're received. Is that the way you do it? Jim in Riverside, California is next on CarPro USA. Hi, Jim. Yeah, Jerry, I had a, a question on a 2020 Kia Soul, and I want to know your take on uh, on them. But uh, the handbook said that I could use ethanol on it, and with the price of gas going up, I just wondered, I've been using gas, would it hurt to start using ethanol? If, and I don't remember if the Soul is E85 certified or not, but if, if it is, yeah, you can use it. Now, it's kind of a double-edged sword because – when you use ethanol, you use an E85, it'll cut your fuel economy by 25 to 30% usually. Might not quite be that much in a four-cylinder, but for most people, you pay less for the ethanol, but then you, your gas mileage suffers tremendously. So uh, I, I got to tell you, the only thing that I tell people to do is this. Check it closely both ways. Run a tank of regular through it because you can mix this stuff. It doesn't make any difference. Run a, run a tank full of regular through it and keep real close tabs on your fuel economy. Doing it the old-fashioned way. Have you ever done that? Pen and paper. No. Okay. Write down your oh, mileage. No, yeah. Write I down do every time I. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then do that with ethanol. And the only difference between the way we used to do it and today is you need to put. You need to also write down how much you spent on each tank of gas and make a good comparison and see which way. Because it'll vary. It'll vary, Jim, from car to car. 
So it may be for you that E85 does save you money, but it may be for somebody else with, with a big V8 under their hood that, that it would actually cost them money to go E85. So just try it out and see. I will tell you, if there's one good thing about E85, it tends to make a vehicle run better, meaning performance. the performance is better. It'll feel like it's got more horsepower. Um, Burns cleaner. Yeah, exactly. Bingo. So try it that. Try it both ways, and let's see what happens. I'd I'd really love to know the answer to this on a Kia Soul. It it doesn't hurt to run ethanol on the E eighty five after I've run gas for two thousand no. miles. No, they're they're designed. They're designed that you can switch back and forth um, anytime you want to. Okay, how's your take on the Soul? Love it. What I love think? it. I think for the money. There's no better SUV out there. And and it's funny because I went through years of not liking them back in, let's, I'm going to say prior to 2015, I thought they were horrible. And then I drove uh, 2015 when they changed it and they, they took care of everything that I thought was bad, the quietness, lack of power, uh, interior noise, you know, everything. And today I recommend it constantly. Yeah, I was I was pretty sour on him because my son bought a, a a Kia, and he had to get the lemon law on the on the dealer because uh, they would fix everything that went wrong. But oh, I, wow. we really love this soul. We really love this soul. The so, the other one, I, the other one that uh, you might consider um, looking at, and I've got a review at my website on it is the Nissan Kicks, and and here's the reason I say that. The Kicks has got some really great safety features, and they're standard equipment. So you can get a Kicks under twenty grand with more safety equipment than you're probably going to get with that Soul. The downside is that Soul's got such a good warranty. You know you're going to lose that. But all in, I think you know either one of those would serve you would serve you well. And I suspect. I suspect the soul probably gets a little better fuel economy. But with that, Jim, we got to run. I do appreciate the call. Always let me know how I can help you. David in Lubbock, Texas. How you doing, David? Great, great. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. We are, my wife wants a hybrid vehicle now. And we've been looking around what little we know about hybrids. We're kind of we're down to two cars that are pretty different from each other. But one of them is the Audi Q5 plug-in, which really I think is my favorite. But her favorite has become the Ford Explorer hybrid. And they're, they're, they're quite different cars. Yes, and they are. One want to know what your opinion was and uh, what guidelines you give us for looking at hybrids. What's, what, what's her daily drive? What, tell me about her. What, how many, where, does she, where does she go? What does she drive? How many miles does she drive, et cetera? Well, she drives about, what, 15 miles? She's right here with me. 15 miles to her daycare from our house. and uh, But we do take that car on trips. If we're going to go from here to Austin or Dallas, something like that, we do tend to take that car, assuming we're not taking the fifth wheel with us, at which point we switch to a dually Ford that I've got, so that I drive. So it's it's our it will be our kind of run-around town car, but every day she drives 15 minutes to and then 15 minutes back home from the daycare. The only, the only reason I ask is a plug-in is great if you've got a really short commute. It, it's like this BMW X5 that I'm driving reviewing this week. 
I can get 30 miles of range on all electric. After that, it just becomes a regular hybrid. So if you don't have a short daily commute within the guidelines of of the range, and, and it that when you see these range numbers, guys, bear in mind, severe cold and severe heat drastically drops those numbers. And in Lubbock, Texas, you get both. So yep. the, the, the thing I'm questioning is whether it's worth the extra money because it does cost quite a bit to get a plug-in versus a just regular hybrid. So do yeah. that Do that research. Find out. It, out the AudiUSA.com website will tell you the, the electric range on that Q5 plug-in. If it's less than you're actually going to use, I probably wouldn't do it. I've not had the Explorer hybrid yet. Hope to soon. But Ford, this with the new Explorer and the new F-150 hybrids, it seems to me like they've got, you know, they've got a handle on this and they're going to do a good job with hybrids, which in the past they really haven't. With all that said, there is no better hybrid system than Toyota's, and that includes Lexus. So if if you ruled out the Highlander for some reason or the RX three fifty, I would I would maybe you just didn't consider them. I'd take a harder look at those two. Truly, we were too impressed with those. Yeah, we did test drive both of them, and I, they just didn't catch our attention. Can I, I understand. Why? I don't remember why. I get it. They're um, they're not for everybody, but. Uh, for longevity and reliability, you can't beat them. But I think, truly believe the Explorer Hybrid will be fine. I think it's going to turn out to be a really good vehicle. Uh, we'll see. But if you haven't driven one, uh, Smith South Plain Ford is my uh, my my dealer there. Holden Sakara is uh, Annette Sakara's son. She's the owner. She's been a friend of mine forever. And I promise you, Holden and Annette will shoot you straight on the hybrid. And unfortunately, they're going to be able to tell you a lot more about it than I can until I can get my hands on one. And they're real short in supply right now. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Don't be SOL when you buy an SUV. Call the car pro for the right deal at dealer. 1-800-926-7777. Darren in Houston, welcome. How can I help you? Hey, Jerry. Uh, my son and I love your show, by the way. You and Kevin, we listen to you every Saturday after soccer practice. Thank you. Home, so. That's very kind yeah. of you. So, so I know it's an interesting time. Uh, I'm looking to replace my daily driver. I've had a 2003 Lincoln Town Car for about uh, 17 years, and she's getting old. She's getting to the, the end of her life, and they're going to pry the keys out of my hand. I'm looking for a 2011 or 2012 Land Rover HSE. I like that truck. I don't like the new body style. I like that body style. Yeah. I'm just wondering what you think. Is it? I'm scared of them because I'm looking for one between fifty and sixty thousand miles, but out of warranty, you know, the repairs on those are obviously very costly. So I'm wondering what you think from a reliability perspective. Should I move on, or are they worth looking at if I can find a good one? I've owned a bunch of them. I'm probably on my twelfth in a row, uh, but I've never kept one past fifty thousand miles. For that reason. Wow. So 
So it's it's there's no there's no point in looking at them, even if they've been well maintained and they have good service history. The stuff is it's it's just not a good not a good vehicle to have. It's you know, it's not. It's not because it's too old now to get a to get a real extended warranty on it, and worse, right. if you do have something go wrong and you don't have any kind of warranty, it's expensive, and and something's going to go wrong. I mean, now we're not just dealing with mileage; we're dealing with nine years of age. I, there's just better choices, pal, and I, I I appreciate what you're saying, and I get it as as a longtime Rover owner myself, but. You know, I, I can't in good conscience tell you, yeah, find the nice one. It'll be okay. I don't believe that. <laughs> well, what would you recommend to replace the town car? Because I, mean, I, I, I own a lot of other vehicles, but I love that one. I love driving it, I, and I just uh, I want something that can soak up the miles and be a good long-term vehicle. What kind of, what kind of budget do you have set aside? Not really bothered. It's uh, that's, I'm not really worried about cost. I'm worried about. I, I want to drive something that I like, and I want something that's going to be able to do those types of miles. Um, I love the My new. I, I absolutely love the new Lincoln Continental. Uh, it hasn't sold very well, but I think it's one of the priest cars on the road, and they drive like a dream. But if you're looking for that great car that's fun to drive, that will be reminiscent of your town car that will last you for years and years and years, it's the Chrysler 300. That was on my list. Okay. That should be at the top of your list. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much, Jerry. I appreciate the advice. All right. Anytime, brother. I've got good Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram dealers at my website, carprousa.com. And James in Glendale, California. James, we're real short on time here. What can I do for you? Good morning, sir. I have a 330,000-mile 2016 RAV4. I'm worried about it. Nothing's ever happened to it. Drives well, but I don't want to be in the middle of losing the battery halfway down the road. Yep, I hear you. So what are you going to replace it with? Well, I'd like to buy another RAV4 or the uh, or the Highlander. Well, I'll tell you, they're two, two of the greatest SUVs out there. Uh, if you don't need the space of the Highlander. In other words, if you don't need that third row seat, you haven't had it all these years, uh, then I I, I'd go with the RAV4 or look at yes, the new sir. Venza. The new Venza is uh, Venza, V-E-N-Z. I got a, okay. I, I've got a review at my website. It's a hybrid five passenger, yes, all wheel drive SUV. And I absolutely loved it. I got a real 40 okay. miles to the gallon, uh, with Ooh, that vehicle. And and it's not small by any. It's it slots between the Rav and the Highlander Toyota for years didn't have anything in the middle, and now they do. And I tell you, the interior, the technology in this thing, look at it. Put it put it to the top of your list, and let's see how that works out. You can't go wrong with the Rav or the hybrid. Check the Venza. It's awesome. I've got South Coast Toyota. I've got Toyota Pasadena. And i got Toyota Santa Monica all at my website. Okay, there's new car, used, certified, pre-owned, or maybe leasing is the way to go. There are lots of choices, and Jerry Reynolds, the car pro, can help you find the right one. Call him now at 1-800-926-7777. All 
Our three-hour podcast of the CarPro USA radio show from today will be up by 3 o'clock Central Time this afternoon. Just go to the radio tab at CarPro USA. Mark Lavernia, Texas. Welcome. How can I help you, buddy? Yes, Jerry. Thank you for taking my call. Real quick, my son and daughter-in-law are in the market to buy a mid-sized SUV. They got a two-year-old and another one on the way. So, Are they thinking new or used? Uh, used, I'm sorry. That's all right. Used, um, and around uh, you know fifty thousand miles, something like that, maybe even more. He's seen a Toyota 4Runner, like had eighty thousand miles, and I'm trying to talk him into something, you know, a lot less mileage. But would what? you stick with a dealer or like one of these used car, with the, you know, like New World or whatever? They're yeah, called? boy, I'd definitely go with a dealer. That's what I thought. Reputable dealers don't put out. Don't knowingly put out bad vehicles. They they check them out. They got a reputation that that they've got to uphold. What kind of dollar amount are they wanting to spend, Mark? Yeah, I'm not real sure. I'd say, can they find something good in the high teens, low twenties? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something right now. If if they can find a forerunner with seventy five, eighty thousand miles in their budget, that's got a clean auto check report. There's nothing better that they could buy. Okay. That they're that good. They're that good. Okay. You just can't wear a forerunner out. Now some people think the ride's a little bit harsh, and and if that's the case, they might look at the Toyota Highlander uh, for a softer ride. Also, a very good long range SUV. The Ford Explorer has been good all these years, and then for another one with a, with a midsize but does have a third row seat. The Chevy Traverse. Check my dealers. Check the front page of my website, Mark. Uh, there's a search engine there. Put the zip code in. Every car you find there is at one of my reputable dealers that will help them. I'm sorry we got to run. I appreciate the call. It's not an accident. Jerry Reynolds is called the Car Pro for a reason. Call him now at 1 800 926 7777.